the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. For every $25 you bet on college basketball, WinBet is giving you a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for March Madness and $1,000 in free WinBet credits. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure you download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Friday, February 25th, currently 10.33 a.m. on the East Coast. And I know usually over the last couple of weeks, you guys are used to seeing Ryan McKee, or sorry, listening to Ryan McKee on the Friday pods. But check the injury report this morning. He is out for personal reasons. More importantly, he's uh, taking a quick, well-deserved vacation. So me and my main man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN are going to Rocket today. It's Scott Reichel joining me today. Scott, how are you feeling this Friday morning, brother? I feel okay. Truth is, on the podcast yesterday, I ended up splitting. I hit the lock. I lost the dog. But I asked Terrell if I should play it safe and go for the double or uh-huh. go for the home run on the dog. And my double was Detroit. Made all the sense in the world. Cleveland yeah. was missing Garland, missing Lavert. It was a great spot for Detroit. And, of course, Terrell, go big or go home. I ended up deciding to go with OKC. Uh, And they were only down three at the half, so they did keep it close for a little while. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's just a good, I'd say, lesson for gamblers. You don't have to hit home run every time. And even though I already knew that line, Mm -hmm. I decided to go for it anyway. I feel so bad I didn't take Detroit. But, you know, it happens. Yeah, I I think that... And I kind of want to get your thoughts on this before we know we dive into that Friday night schedule is that all of these teams have had pretty much a week off prior to last night, obviously with the games kicking off. How much stock do you put in to the season long data or are you kind of just saying, hey, I'm just playing the numbers and just playing the lineups right now versus how we usually handicap? Because I, I kind of threw the stats out the window coming back from a, a week off for most of these teams. How are you kind of handicapping it? I feel like it's a wait-and-see approach, which is why when it comes to coming out of the All-Star break, you shouldn't bet either as much or maybe even more than you were betting in the first half. Yeah, Take a couple of games, build up some sample size, despite how small it might be. I think it matters when it comes to matchups, where if you know that one team, for example, is atrocious at rebounding and the other team's really good at it, it's not like that's suddenly going to change after the All-Star break, but I do question the focus of some teams when you have time off. I Mm. feel like for totals, I know Terrell mentioned yesterday that post all-star break, you tend to see a lot of overs. Yeah. But that didn't work out for my Bulls Hawks play last night because they put up 43 points in the first quarter. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like everything's a case study when it comes to going through 
post all-star game, either focus level analysis or whatever you want to call it, because some teams will care and some teams won't. So I feel like it's a spot where yesterday was a decent day for the dogs. It wasn't amazing by any means, but it was okay. Mm -hmm. I was on the right side of a couple of dogs as a whole. I didn't have a great night. But it was also because I doubled down on the live over in the Bulls game. I got a 220 and a half and it landed 220. Uh, and I had that parlay with Warriors minus 10 mm-hmm. that paid out like plus 260. So that yeah. wasn't fun. But yeah, I feel like it's a cop out answer, but it really varies on team to team. And I feel like taking a wait and see approach, maybe reducing unit size by a little bit, yeah. at least for the immediate games after the All Star break, might be the smart way to go about it. Yeah, I think I, I pretty much did the same thing yesterday. I scaled back on units and really I'm talking to some other people, they, they, they agree with you and, and agree with me as well. Is that it's kind of a wait and see approach until we kind of gather more data, at least through the weekend or maybe at least up till Tuesday of next week. Um, so I guess for our listeners, yeah, maybe scale back a little bit on your units um, because, you know, we don't know what the motivation might be for some of these teams. Uh, last night, uh, Scott, we I think the overs went four, two, and one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, anything that kind of stood out to you as far as some of the other games that you played? I don't know. Uh, I mentioned that John Morant had left with a hip injury, but he did return to the game. So hopefully, it's nothing too serious for John Morant there. But anything else that kind of caught your eye last night? Uh, not really. I feel like besides the dog that I gave out for OKC, I mean, my runner-up was Detroit. They won. I wasn't surprised by that. Yeah. Boston killed the Nets. I still think the biggest loser yesterday was TNT for having to air the second time around the Celtics yeah. against this injured <laughs> Nets team, and it was just a complete waste of time. Yeah. Uh, Bulls covered miraculously because DeRozan's a lunatic. Uh, I like the under in the Timberwolves game. I don't know why that was 339 and a half when each of the first three meetings landed about 333 or lower in regulation. Yeah. I don't really know why it was that high, but I like Minnesota in that game too. I was wrong about OKC Warriors. I said they'd win by 30. They won by 37. And I was wrong on the on the Kings, but I like the over. Yeah. So as a whole, no, I can't say really much surprised me. It was a classic NBA. Some stuff went well, some stuff didn't. Hopefully you are on the right side more often than not. Yeah, I mean it's like we mentioned. So, so it's always a little tricky coming back from All Star break. Um, so definitely scale back your unit size, guys, um, going forward. At least maybe through the weekend um, and see you know what teams are doing and how they look, or if they're you know looking better on the defensive side, or you know we're going to see some teams quote unquote starting to tank a little bit uh, with about twenty to twenty three games left here in the season. So. We're obviously going to do our best here to handicap these games for you. Uh, Friday night, I think, has nine games here tonight on the schedule, Scott. Um, Let's do this, buddy. Let's take a quick break. We will come back, and then we'll dive into this Friday night schedule here in the NBA. WinBet has a massive college basketball contest. The grand prize winner will receive a reserved seating area, four seats, at the world-renowned Win Las Vegas Race and Sportsbook for the early round action of college basketball tournament. As well as two rooms at Win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. In addition, they will be awarded with $1,000 in free bets on WinBet. 
Any WinBet patron that places a minimum $25 wager on college basketball during the promotional period will become eligible for the prize, and players can take advantage of the offer immediately. There is no limit to the number of entries that a patron can receive into the grand prize drawing. For example, if a patron wagers 1,000 on college basketball during the promotional period, they will receive 40 entries. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Roster brought to you by IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's really that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, and even devices like your Fire Stick. Where you're, when you're streaming media, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and use prom- promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com SGP. Promo code SGP. All right, coming off of the break, let's dive into the schedule with the first game on the board. And boy, is it a doozy. We have the Houston Rockets headed into Florida to take on the Orlando Magic, where this line opened up. Magic minus four. The total opened up at 228.5. Uh, spread is still at minus four. The total has moved about four and a half points here. I'm starting to see two. 33 starting to pop up for this game. Checking the injury report for both of the squads. Uh, pretty clean for the Houston Rockets. And the only big name that is out for the Orlando Magic that has been in their rotation is Mo Wagner. Um, but other than that, yeah, pretty clean injury report. Let's start with the side here, uh, Scott. Uh, minus four for the Orlando Magic hosting the Houston Rockets. What are you thinking? I like the over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there has been a decent there's been a decent amount of money on the over. I believe it went from like 229 to 233 or something like that. Ballpark yeah. mm-hmm. doesn't surprise me. I feel like Houston, we know, can give up 130 to literally anybody. Yep. But they could also potentially score 120 against Orlando because Orlando defensively is a mess too. But for the actual side, you have a 15 and 43 team against a 13 and 47 team. So I feel like you have to flip a coin. And if you're going to give me a five and 21 team at home, straight up, that's laying four points. I'm going to take the road team. That's more just based on principle, but I like the over. Yeah. I mean, 
is probably one of the ugliest games of the night. And it's it's a tank bowl. I mean, yeah, I don't know what really else you is. want me to say. Yeah, it really is. And you know, the Rockets, um, as far as the total have gone over in seven out of their last eight games. And like you alluded to, the worst defense in the entire NBA. Uh, the Orlando Magic, three straight overs. Uh, they've given up 132, 121, 130 over the last three games. So yeah, I agree with you. I had locked in this over at 228 and a half when it opened. Um, but I still like this over. I, I won't be surprised if it gets up to 240 points in this game with these two defenses. Um, as far as the side, you're right, man. You just got to kind of flip a coin here and, and, and kind of hope for the best or hopefully you right, land on the right side. I'll lean with the Orlando Magic, man. I just don't trust this Houston Rockets team again. Been watching them all season long. It hasn't been pretty. Just no defense being played. Well, that's a uh, you problem. That yeah, you've been it watching is. the Rockets all season long. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I as a fan, I still got to support them, even if they're uh, god awful. But I'll lean with the Orlando Magic here tonight. Definitely not going to be betting a side on this game. But I think Scott, you and I both agree on the over in this game. Um, anything else kind of saying that you maybe some player props that you uh, think, or maybe standout performances from some of these guys. Uh, for me, I'd have to look at the rebounding for Orlando. If I was going to end up looking at either Wendell Carter or Mo Bamba, of course, Wagner being out, I can say that he is a big contributor, but he's still technically a depth big man. Yeah. So Orlando didn't really do much to replace him. The thing about Houston though, is besides Christian Wood, I know that they play Sangoon a little bit, but are they a good rebounding team? Absolutely not. So I do think that with the pace and everything like that, you should see a bunch of possessions and uh, in turn shot attempts in this game. Yeah, I don't mind looking at overs for rebounds, whether it involves Wendell Carter or Bamba. I think either of them, maybe both have a shot at a double-double here. Yeah. So I'm looking at that. You? Yeah, currently um, Mo Bamba, seven and a half uh, is this projected uh, rebounding uh Projection here, sorry, tonight. And then window cards at 10 and a half. And then Christian Wood is at 10 and a half. I kind of like the Christian Wood one at 10 and a half yeah. as well as mm-hmm. window Carter as well. So uh, maybe some player props if uh, you do want to bet this game. Um, let's move on to the next game here, Scott. We have the OKC Thunder headed into Indiana to take on the Pacers, where the Pacers opened up as a seven point favorite. That number is now at seven and a half. Uh, total open up at 216. This number has climbed about six points at 222 and a half. Let's check the injury report for both of these teams. Uh, OKC did play last night, so not yet one submitted for them. For the Indiana Pacers, um, the only questionable tag is Chris Duarte tonight. Isaiah Jackson, Malcolm um, Brogdon are both probable here tonight. And obviously, you know, we know about Ricky Rubio. Miles Turner continues to be out as well as TJ McConnell, who's gone for the season. Um, I know OKC has been one of the better road teams this season, at least covering the spread. Overall in the season, 35-40 and sorry, 35-20 and four. They're 20 and 10 against the spread um, so far on the road. Back-to-back situation. I'm not sure how much stock we can put in because I'm not sure if they're gonna have tired legs or not, uh, coming off the all-star break, but just mentioning they are five and four against the spread on back-to-back nights. But, Scott, another doozy here, man. Uh, minus four here for the uh, Indiana Pacers. Uh, what you, mean do you, seven, you mean seven and a half? Oh, I'm sorry, seven and a half, yeah. Does that seem like a lot? Do you think I'm taking the Pacers laying seven and a half <laughs> points? On what planet are they laying seven and a half points? I mean, I know Oklahoma City burned me yesterday, but Phoenix is a world beater. I've been praising them all year. Uh, Monty Williams, I saw, is now at minus 300 for coach of the year. 
I might slam that again for a couple thousand because he's really not going to lose the award. Yeah. But I do have to look at the Pacers in this spot. And yes, Brogdon's back, and that definitely helps. But I mean, Indiana sucks. I, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I mean, they're 20 and 40. Like, <laughs> you look at the standings here, they're about like a game and a half, two games ahead of OKC. Like, they're not good at all. And I know that Indiana is a team that has talent on paper. Mm-hmm. They're not playing games on paper. And the truth is Carlisle, I think, has done a disastrous job this year. I know the team isn't very good, but late in games, Indiana can't hold the lead to save their damn lives. So for me, OKC is not a good team, but they remain competitive. Indiana just invents ways to make games closer than they should be. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the points. Yeah, seven and a half is way too many points for this Pacers team right now. And again, another team that is not very good defensively. Yeah, like uh, we said, they do get Malcolm Brogdon back here tonight. He's listed probable on the injury report. But there's got to be a minute restriction, right? I mean, he hasn't played in what a month and a half. Yeah, it's, it's been a while for him, and I just don't think that they should be laying this many points, especially when the OKC Thunder. Yeah, they're on a back to back, but. You know, they've been pretty damn good on the road so far this season. I mean, like I said, 20 and 10 against the spread. Um, I think they keep it closer than it is. Obviously, they got SGA back last night, who had a fantastic game for them. He dropped, I think, 32 points for them. Um, but again, like you mentioned, that they were just outclassed by the Phoenix Suns. I mean, Phoenix Suns are on just a different planet here right now, mm-hmm. uh, even without Chris Paul. But in this toilet bowl, I think you have to take the points as well. So give me OKC. Plus uh, seven and a half here tonight. As far as the total, um, I might be looking at OKC's uh, team total here tonight. Yeah. Uh, if you want to play a team total, but you have a, you have or sorry, play a total. But do you have any thoughts on this total here at two twenty two and a half? It's either over or pass for me. Yeah. Uh, we saw the Thunder yesterday get involved in a bit of a track meet with the Suns. I thought that would happen mostly because Chris Paul was out, and I figured yeah. the Suns would run more. But Indiana mm-hmm. with Brogdon and Halliburton. Brogdon not necessarily is a guy who likes to run, but Halliburton is. Yeah. And you look at their lineup without Bridge, without, uh, not Bridge, sorry, without um, Turner. Turner. Yeah, without Turner. I do look at the fact that Indiana tends to try to run a bit more, especially over the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I see a bit of a track me here with two teams that don't really have a true center. I'm going to take the over. Yeah. I agree. Anything as far as uh, player props? Probably keep on looking at SGA. I mean, I'm assuming Shea's going to keep getting buckets. Yeah. I mean, 32 last night, right? He looked like he didn't miss a beat after missing about two to three weeks with the ankle injury, but uh, he looked good last night at 32 points. Uh, Let's move on to the next game here, Scott. We have the Toronto Raptors headed to Charlotte to take on the Hornets, where the Toronto Raptors opened up as a two point road favorite here. Currently, that number has moved up to two and a half. Uh, total opened up at 225 and a half. That number is up to 226. Check the injury report for both of these teams for the Toronto Raptors. Fred Van Vliet is questionable tonight with a right knee soreness. I think he's been out um, for well, prior to the All-Star break. He was out for a couple games there. For the Charlotte Hornets, we know about Gordon Hayward. He's out. Um Kai Jones is out as well, or he's on assignment. Scotty Lewis, not a significant player. Cody Martin, probable tonight with a left ankle soreness. Jaden, sorry, Jalen McDaniels is doubtful tonight with the left ankle sprain. So some injuries as far as depth for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, let's side, start with the side here, Scott. Minus two and a half road favorite for the Toronto Raptors in Charlotte tonight. What are you thinking? 
I think it's a bit too short. I mean, you're looking at the first two head-to-head meetings. Toronto won the first game by 12 at home and the second game by 15 at home. Now, Charlotte is a team that's been very streaky mm-hmm. all season long, and as a result, they're basically 500. They're two games under, but they'll win a bunch in a row and then they'll lose a bunch in a row. Yeah. And the All-Star game kind of came at the right time for them because they were playing some awful basketball. Yeah. But Toronto is a team that I still like a lot just because of how hard they play every night. And even though I did back them against New Orleans where they totally no-showed and lost by 30, that's very rare. Mm -hmm. And Toronto is usually a what-you-see-is-what-you-get team where you kind of know you're going to get a gritty effort by a Nick Nick Nurse coach team, and that's what you get. Charlotte is just a box of chocolates. I mean, you know the defense isn't going to be there because they don't guard anybody. And the question is, can the offense do enough in order to overcome their defensive shortcomings? I don't think it is. And I don't know if that's an indictment of potentially LaMelo Ball as the leader of the team and the fact that he is not a good defender at all uh-huh. or that just team identity. But damn, defensively, they can't stop anybody. I got to go with Toronto. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've talked about the Charlotte team all season, or at least at the beginning of the season, where they were just automatically – an over team and you know they've dropped all the way down at least over the last five games all the way down to number 24 in offensive rating uh, net rating is only at minus 1.1 but yeah i agree with you about their defense it's just been atrocious all season long and for charlotte look they lo- they have lost nine out of the last 10 games the only victory came was against the detroit pistons but um you know, if kind of go back where they've, they've given up 125, 126, 111, 121, you kind of see where I'm getting at. Um, yeah, I think the Toronto Raptors having a full week off, we're going to see Nick Nurse play his starters again, 40 plus minutes, 43 minutes in this game um, after the all-star break. So I agree with you. I do like Toronto here. I think they're going to go on a little bit of a run here um, to for some playoff positioning. Um, Toronto had won, I think, nine out of their la- or eight out of their last 10 games as well. Um, so two teams that were going in different directions prior to the All-Star break. So they got to stay with a hot hand here, you know, rest for the Toronto Raptors, what they needed after all the minutes that they've been playing. Um, so I'll agree with you, minus two and a half on the Raptors here tonight. Uh, anything on the total for this game, Scott? I think it's very tricky because Charlotte, we know, is very tough to take an under with because they don't stop anybody. Yeah. But you look at what Toronto's defense has actually done to Charlotte in the first two games. Mm-hmm. They've been really good against the Charlotte offense. So, oh, do I? It really comes down to if you're going to get a situation like the Bulls game yesterday, where both teams just come out extremely flat for a quarter yeah. and everything gets back to normal. And at that point, it's too late because 226, you're looking at one bad quarter and you're basically screwed. Yeah. Ah. Uh, I think I have to go with the over anyway because Toronto could really score 130 and nobody would be surprised. I'm going to go with the over, but I'm not exactly thrilled with it as much as prob- as some other people probably are. Yeah, but I think your point is right about maybe waiting for a live number because yeah. you know, we saw some teams that came out flat in that first quarter, like you mentioned, with the Atlanta and Chicago game. They just, I tried, I I tried that. that yesterday. Got the live line at 220 and a half and it landed 220. Not yeah, right. sometimes we, we win by the hook and sometimes we lose by the hook. But I think, um, yeah, this might be one of those games where we kind of want to see that, you know, how teams look in the first quarter, maybe find a better number in that first quarter um, as far as uh, a total. But, yeah, I think we're both on agreement with the Toronto Raptors here tonight. Minus two and a half against the Charlotte Hornet. Let's get, I, do have, I do have a uh, quick yeah. uh, comment, sorry, that I got to sure. make about Toronto yeah. because 
I'm a big fan of what they've done this season, and Vin Vliet's had a very good year. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how teams let injured players play an all-star weekend. I am so just – I'm so confused by it because Van Vliet's questionable, and yet he was in the three-point contest <laughs> and the all-star game. There is Garland. And now he might miss regular – Garland's another example because you yeah. can tell he was trying harder than almost anybody when he was on the court in that all-star game. And then the actual games come around, oh, I can't play. Like Chris Paul plays two minutes – you know, symbolic, yeah. I, whatever. Like, you played two minutes. I'm not going to complain about it. Levine, I gave a hard time with the All-Star weekend, but I didn't realize he was fully healthy again. Yeah. So I'll give him a pass because apparently he was ready to come back. Van Vliet and Garland, what are you doing? Like, play the games that matter, and if you're not healthy, you don't have to participate. I know Garland has an excuse, I guess. Well, it's in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, I got to play to support the fans. That's great. You can play right. two minutes, pull Chris mm-hmm. Paul. But I don't know what the hell Van Vliet was doing the entire All-Star weekend. Do you? <laughs> Maybe they, because there's no effort really required in the All-Star game. So, you know, he got out there for whatever, how much time he got out there just to get up some shots. You think but Toronto's yeah. thrilled paying him like $30 million to play on like an injured leg in an All-Star game in a three-point contest? Probably not. No, I agree. Yeah, he. no, I don't think so. Um yeah, again, I think maybe because there's no effort required in the All-Star game until the fourth quarter, uh, maybe that's why they were out there. But uh, I agree with the, our, the Garland, but I was going to say that because it was in Cleveland, that's why he was probably yeah. out there. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with your point about the uh, uh, Darius Garland. Apparently, uh, Zach, Le- Zach Levine's knee has magically cured or he's yeah. probably playing so, through it or whatever. The so I'll is. give him a pass for that because he was apparently healthy. But the Garland one, I get it. You know, the Van Vliet part. I know he's never made an all-star game before. Mm-hmm. That's great. You're still an all-star even if you get replaced. You yeah. probably should not have been playing at all during all-star weekend if you might miss some regular season games and your team's currently in the fight to stay out of the plane. That seems like a bit of a selfish move. I agree with that 100%. Uh, let's get over to the next game here, Scott. We have the... San Antonio Spurs headed into Washington to take on the Wizards. For the uh, Sorry, the San Antonio Spurs opened up as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. That number is up to three, starting to move towards three-and-a-half. Total opened up at 225. That number is at 224 now, starting to see some 223-and-a-halves pop up. Checking the injury report for both of these teams for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Josh Primo, questionable. And Romeo Langford is the only other guy that is questionable. For the Washington Wizards, we know about Bradley Beal missing the rest of the season. Thomas Bryant is questionable with a right ankle sprain. No KP yet. Dealing with a right knee bone bruise. And I think that is it for the Wizards. So let's start with the side here, Scott. We have the San Antonio Spurs. Let's call it minus three. That's what I see consensus right now uh, as far as the side. What are you thinking? LA San Antonio. Okay. Because... On, I know you mentioned before that you've had either the luxury or the misery of watching the Rockets play all season long. <laughs> I have watched a couple of Wizards games recently, and my takeaway is something everyone knew before even watching them play. They're not very good at basketball, yeah. I and mean, that was the main takeaway. Mm-hmm. I watched them against Indiana. I watched them against the Nets. They beat the Nets. They outscored them by, like I think it was 14 in the fourth quarter, but you look at the Nets roster, especially at home with no Kyrie, like anybody should beat that team, but the wizards just are a mess. And 
a lot of it's, you know, their own creation because they half blew it up at the deadline because then they traded for Porzingis. Like we, we went through it. I still don't know what they were trying to do with the all-star break. Yeah. But Porzingis hasn't played. So he's supposed to be out for this game as well. But you have mm-hmm. no Dimwitty, obviously, because you traded him. Yep. No Bertans. You have no Porzingis. You also traded away Harrell. You traded away Aaron Holiday. You really just don't have many guys. And San Antonio did trade away Derek White, but they still have the best player on the court by far in DeJounte Murray. It's not very close. Mm-hmm. Thomas Bryant's also questionable. I know Gaffer's now off of protocol, so there's kind of a trade-off there, but... I like Jakob Pertl. I think he'll do pretty well in the rebounding department. Yeah, I like San Antonio because even though you look at all the uh, analytics and the efficiency numbers, and they'll tell you San Antonio is slightly better, a lot of those Wizards numbers involve Dimwitty and Beal and Harrell and all these guys they used to have playing. Right now, based on actual roster with the injuries that Washington has, they're easily a bottom five team in the league, right? 100%. Hundred percent. I mean, so I'm going to go with the Spurs because I don't think they're bottom five. Yeah, I mean, there's their projected starting lineup for the Wizards is Raul Neto, Corey Kispert, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, and we I just said that Thomas Bryant is questionable tonight. So maybe Gafford, but whatever. Yeah, but again, for the San Antonio Spurs, they still have players on this roster, right? Like you mentioned, and I agree with you that Dejounte Murray by far is going to be the best player on this floor. So I have Devin Vassell, Dougie McBuckets, Keldon Johnson, and Jakob Pertl. Now, the Spurs aren't good, but at least they have several players that I feel confident about contributing. And you can even go through the bench. I don't mind San Antonio's bench. And I look at the the Wizards, and I'll tell you what, every time I watch Ismith play, he shoots a 90% from the floor. He'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer if I watched all his games. (laughs) But... When Kuzma goes to the bench, they are awful. And that tells you how down bad this team actually is because Kuzma is easily the best player on this team. But you're looking at San Antonio. They got some guys. And you can go down Lonnie Walker Lane down in, like, the bench unit, and that's not that bad. Keldon Johnson's pretty good in some spots. I just think San Antonio is more talented, and that's really a low bar, but... (laughs) The Wizards have also been terrible at home lately, so I don't know if there's really a home court advantage. Yeah, two things that did kind of stick out to me, and, and I'm still looking at ATS, uh, the trends for teams. Um, San Antonio has been respectable on the road. I mean, they're 16, 13, and one overall on the road, 14 and 10. Uh, that's an underdog position, but <clears throat> the Washington Wizards. Uh, as road, sorry, home favorite seven and nine. But I think the one thing that really stuck out to me against the spread in non-conference games, Washington is the worst team in the entire league at five and 14 against the spread. Um, so I agree with you about with the Spurs here. I just, I mean, when you're trying to get out Raul Neto and Corey Kispert, that I think Neto is actually a good bench point guard, but the yeah, fact that he's starting in the NBA is kind of hilarious. Yeah. Me. Like, is he going to be able to stay in front of, DeJounte Murray here tonight? I don't think so. Um, DeJounte Murray for tonight at a triple-double is at plus 425, but uh, I think about, I think that, that's an autoplay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've bet on DeJounte triple-doubles like five times this year, mm-hmm. and I'm 0 for 5. Okay. But like based <laughs> on the actual spot, yeah. usually he's around 3 to 1, plus 275, something like that. Yeah. But you're looking at this Wizards team. 
Defensively, they're a mess because Kispert, I don't want to call him a bust, but damn, he's been terrible this year. And defensively, yeah. he's awful. But they don't have anybody who can stop anybody in the backcourt. Rebounding-wise, the Wizards have some guys, but nobody was amazing on the glass. But Murray should really be in a great spot to go for 22, 12, and 10. Like, something like that. I, I can see a stat line like that. Plus 425 against a defense this bad is a gift. I feel like on principle, you kind of have to play that. You agree? Yeah, and that's why I kind of wanted to point it, out, point it out to you as well at plus 425. I think that number should be a lot lower for a guy like DeJounte Murray. So um, I think I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on uh, DeJounte Murray here tonight uh, for a triple-double at plus 425. Um, anything on the total here, Scott? Uh, currently seeing it at 223 and a half. Oh, I don't have a damn idea. I, I mean... The Wizards are so bad on like both sides that it cancels each other out. It's like the it's like the Warriors game yesterday, mm-hmm. where I said I'm going to lean to the under because I don't think Portland gets to 100, but Golden State can get to 130. <laughs> but yeah. Golden State can get to 130, and the game goes over. Yeah. And what do you know? Golden State got to 130, and Portland didn't get to 100, but the game yeah. went over anyway. I, yeah. I feel like I'm not predicting that big of a blowout, but the Wizards aren't great at shooting. They're not great at defending. San Antonio does play with a bunch of pace, which definitely helps towards the over. Mm-hmm. Ah, the first meeting, though, Washington only scored 99 points. And that was like before all the trades. Yeah. I'm going to go with the under. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they haven't been really scoring a lot of points, have the Washington Wizards. I mean, if you kind of go back to the Last three games, at least, they scored 103 against Detroit, 108 against Indiana, and they've put up 117 against Brooklyn. But, I mean, at this point, who's not putting up points against Brooklyn? So, um, yeah, I would lean towards the under in this game as well. Um, anything else for this game, Scott? Uh, try to find something else to watch. Yeah. Maybe this game for tonight. Uh, Miami Heat headed to the Big Apple to take on the Knicks, where the Knicks, or I'm sorry, where the Miami Heat have opened up as a four and a half point road favorite here, that number is up to minus five and a half, five and a half. Starting to see some minus six pop up. Yeah, total better of coming on Miami. <laughs> total opened up at 211. Uh, pretty steady across the board at 211. Let's check the injury report for both of the squads for the Miami Heat. Markeith Morris is out. Victor Oladipo, we God knows when he's going to be back. Um, for the New York Knicks, RJ Barrett is questionable with a left ankle sprain. Nerland Noel also questionable with a left for left foot soreness. Um, Derek Rose is supposed to be back fairly soon here, but it won't be tonight. He is listed doubtful. Um, and we know about Kimba Walker that the team decided uh, that he is going to sit out for the rest of the season. Scott, let's start with the side here. I probably think I know where you're going with this, but let's go minus five and a half for the Miami Heat tonight in the Big Apple. I've had a hell of a time laughing at Terrell's misery for the entire season about the (laughs) Knicks, but I try to make cases when lines open up that short for the underdog just because I feel like the Heat are the obvious public consensus play that might burn like 93% of the people that bet on it. But, oh, the Knicks are so bad. I I guess the upgrade or the improvement is that they're no longer playing Kemba. So they got that going for him. It's bad for me. Moment of silence for Kemba point total unders. Cause that was a damn cash cow for about, I don't know, a month and a half. Yeah. That was a hell of a time, mm-hmm. but 
I got to go with the Heat. I, I mean, I, I don't know how you back the Knicks. I guess the argument you could make is take the Knicks first half. Because in order to blow a twenty-point lead, you have to have a twenty-point lead. So maybe they can do maybe they can do decently for the first twenty-four minutes of this game. Yeah, but Miami is just so much better at every at everything. I, I feel like <clears throat> Miami plays basketball the way that the Knicks want to play basketball, but they just don't have the personnel for it. The Knicks shoot a bunch of threes. They're not very good at it. They try to showcase a physical brand of basketball. I mean, I guess technically they're okay with that, but they're playing Taj Gibson 20 minutes a game, so I don't really know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. But Miami is just better at everything. Like, I can't think of one area that the Knicks excel in over Miami. Can you? I cannot, and I think this is the – let's see. I'm trying to see the head-to-head matchups here. I believe this is only they, the they played once. matchup. Yeah. yeah. They played once. Miami won by 14. Yeah. I, I mean – I, I feel like it's going to be a similar script. I want to make a case for the Knicks because even though I'm never really scared to back the public, I will acknowledge that at least 90% of bets should be on the heat in this spot. Even Knicks fans have probably completely flipped on the team and are just betting against them every time at this point. So if you want to buy a low spot or just a contrarian play, the Knicks are probably the play of the night for you. I'm not going to be that guy. I just think the Knicks are a terrible basketball team. I'm going to take Miami. Yeah, that last game against Miami in Miami, R.J. Barrett, who is probably not going to play tonight, had 17 points. Julius Randle had 11. Every other starter was in single digits, which was Kemba Walker contributed seven. And then off the bench, it was Obi Toppin, probably in garbage time, who got 18 points. And then Emmanuel quickly here at 12 points. So, um, yeah, how do you not take Miami here? I mean – Maybe they come out flat here a little bit, like you said, and the Knicks get out to a 20-point lead and they blow it again. But th- this is this is locked potential here with, with the Miami Heat at minus five and a half here. Um, as far as the total, I'm leaning towards the under here. I just think this defense is going to smother uh, the New York Knicks. I just don't think they have enough offensively to put up the points. Um, any thoughts on the total there? I got to go with the under. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw the Knicks get to 96 the first time around. Barrett, I'm assuming, is not going to play. Mm-hmm. I will acknowledge, though, the Knicks have had a bunch of high-scoring games lately, but then you have the All-Star breaks. So you have to wonder if maybe they have a renewed defensive focus in the second half. That remains to be seen. I guess one question that I do have for you, I believe sure. Mitchell Robinson is playing. Do you have confirmation for that? Because his father's missing, and I'm not sure if he's actually like constantly trying to be involved in the search or not. Um, I currently see him projected to be on a, the, in the starting lineup here. Tonight. I'm assuming you know that story, but his yeah. father is, has been missing for like a week or so. Mm-hmm. So Mitchell Robinson's been trying to reach out to people on Twitter, and he's trying to get kind of a search party going together to try to find his father. I hope that works out for him. I hope they find him, but I do wonder if he's going to play in this game. Yeah, I mean, he's not listed on the injury report. I mean, maybe we see something closer to game time come out. Uh, I'm seeing on projected lineups on Rotowire that he is projected to play here. But Of course, I'm not trying to turn a serious personal issue into a no, gambling no. T- conversation, but I am curious if he's going to play. I think he will, Yeah, but I have to at least acknowledge the concerning situation around his family right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, that is something definitely that's going to be on his mind, even if he is playing the game. Like, you know, your father's missing and you have to go to work and 
and earn your paycheck. And, you know, is a focus going to be there for him? And then this is from strictly a non-gambling perspective when that's something that's, that's, that's huge. Like your father's missing and you're sending out search parties and doing whatever you can to find him. But uh, I'm sure not where, where he's going to be at mentally. So that that's definitely tough for Mitchell Robinson. Um, anything else as far as uh, player props in this game, Scott, I'm, I'm looking at Bam out of bio, possibly rebounding here tonight. Um, currently see that number. Let's see here at 10 and a half at plus one Oh five. I kind of like that. Uh, but any thoughts on player props? Uh, yeah, I, I there's one that kind of jumps off the page for me. And of course, with Kemba no longer playing a decent amount of minutes, I have to turn to the next option. I'm going to go with quickly on the okay. over in points. I don't know where else Kemba's minutes are going to go to. You can argue Grimes. Yeah. But we saw quickly, even in the, even in the Nets loss quickly played really well. He was struggling leading up to that game, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to figure out the trickle-down effect with Kemba no longer getting any minutes at all, and that's about 20 minutes up for grabs. Yeah. I got to assume quickly is getting at least 60% of that, so I'll take quickly over because I do think he should be getting more minutes than what the odds makers might anticipate, and it might take them a couple of games to fully adjust. Yeah, so far in the month of February, prior to the Kemba Walker news, he was only averaging 17 minutes a game and six points um, per game. And he, he was awful. He was playing yeah. terribly. But I do think that he might view the Kemba benching as a vote of confidence because sure. it really should be because you look at how many point guards the Knicks actually have. Mm-hmm. How many point guards the Knicks actually have? Uh, it's just... It's just IQ, and it's uh, or he's more of a shooting guard. But as far as you have Alec Burks, technically yeah. plays a little bit of point guard. And but Grimes maybe is your other. That's what I'm saying. But I'm, yeah. you're going youth movement at this point. So I do think the Knicks, whether they win or lose, the fact that they bench Kemba does suggest they are starting to embrace a youth movement in the second half, which is the right move. Yeah, and I think that quickly is going to benefit the most from it. So I'll, I think his point number should be a little bit undervalued moving forward. Do you think Derek Rose steps into that starting lineup once he comes back, or do you even think there's a reason for him to come back? The truth is there's really no reason for him to come back unless yeah. you are trying to keep his trade value somewhat existent so you can trade him during the offseason. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we know Thibodeau loves him. Yeah. The Knicks aren't going to make the playoffs, but I think they should just go youth movement. Yeah. I don't know if Derek Rose should be coming back. The fact that Taj Gibson plays roughly more minutes than Obi Toppin is offensive. <laughs> but I don't really know what you want me to tell you because Thibodeau yeah. is going to do things his way and he's probably going to be fired during the offseason. Yeah, definitely uh, a huge regression for the New York Knicks from what uh, transpired last season for them till this season. Scott, let's uh, take a quick break here, but we'll come back and then we'll get into the 8 o'clock Eastern time game. So we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is, now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. 
invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bet. March Madness is right around the corner and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college teams. Now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are high. So get to your sports book, buy a handful of tickets, and sell them on PropSwap. Remember, only one team needs to make a run, and that will pay for the rest. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering tickets based on the best value, a free activity to stay in the know with all the big sales, and red-hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the Apple Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our free picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, probably the game that everybody is going to have their eyes glued to. It's going to be the Philadelphia 76ers headed to Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves, where the Minnesota Timberwolves did open as a one-point favorite. That line has now flipped to the Philadelphia 76ers being favored by minus three, possibly the news of James Harden make his debut tonight. Against the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, currently, yeah, minus three for the Sixers. That total opened up 227. Total is now up to 229. Let's check the injury report for uh, both of these squads. Pretty clean for the Philadelphia 76ers. Minnesota did play last night. They are in a back-to-back situation. But the big news, obviously, in this game, Scott, James Harden making his debut for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, let's start with the side here, minus three for the Sixers going into Minnesota to hope to take on the Timberwolves. I'm taking Minnesota. I, I mean, I said when the Sixers made this trade that I think the Sixers might now be the most overrated team in the league. Yeah. And, of course, Embiid is still the favorite to an MVP. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I think Embiid's a tremendous player. However... I do question how long it's going to take chemistry-wise for Harden and for Embiid to gel together because the main reason why – I'm not going to get into another Harden rant. I believe we've reached the quota on those. Oh, no, go for it. No, go but <laughs> the issue that Chris Paul had in the past, and even KD, is the fact that when Harden doesn't have the ball in his hands, he's useless because he doesn't move off ball. And I know that Embiid is, of course, going to be ridiculous in the pick and roll, but a lot of Embiid's offense this season has been in isolation. Right. And if Harden's not going to move, then you can zone up the backside and potentially send a double team at Embiid and see what happens. So I do think that Philly is not going to hit the ground running with this pair, and I think it's going to take some time before the growing pains wear off, if they ever wear off. So I'm going with Minnesota. Because they're going to give me a home team that I do think is very solid when 
their version of a big three with Towns, D'Angelo Russell, and uh, Anthony Edwards all play. They've been really good. But until I actually see Harden and Embiid play together, I'm not going to lay points on the road. I'm going to take Minnesota. Yeah, I got, I agree with you 100% is that when and I told myself this, whenever James Harden is going to make his debut with the Philadelphia 76ers, I am going to fade them, and that is going to be tonight. So I, I agree with you 100% to take the Wolves as an underdog in this game at plus three. Um, I, I want to see exactly who James Harden's probably going to be guarding. I'm guessing it's going to be D'Lo. It doesn't really matter. Because at yeah, the end exactly. of the day, with today's NBA, you're just setting picks on the worst defender anyway and getting switched. Yeah, so I was looking at player props for either D'Lo or Anthony Edwards tonight just based off of that. But, um, yeah, we're both on the plus three here for the Timberwolves. Um, I think I got to go with Minnesota team total here tonight as well. Uh, Scott, let's let's write down the uh, defensive rating for this uh, Philadelphia 76ers team. I'm going to write this down right now. So they are currently for the season at number 11 at 109.2. Since Harden is now on this team and making his debut, we're going to explore this week to week and see what this number uh, goes to. So right now, 109.2, number 11 in the league. Um Sorry, got to got a truck off track there. But anything else for this game as far as player props? Or let's get to the total 227 opener and now up to 229. I mean, we're on the same page on everything today because Timberwolves team total has to be the move. I yeah. mean, you got Harden on, on a team. I mean, yeah, fade him defensively. <laughs> I, I feel like Minnesota, of course, dropped 119 yesterday mm-hmm. against a really good Memphis defense. Yeah. Now, pace was a factor, but 119 is still nothing to scoff at. And now you face off against Harden and company. Plus, I know Embiid gets some blocks per game, and he's viewed as a decent defensive center. Mm-hmm. I pointed it out weeks ago. Embiid is really not that good of a defensive center. And you look at the actual effective field goal percentage for opposing centers, they've been really good in the paint against Embiid. And I feel like the time that I brought it up was, I'm trying to remember who they were playing. I think they were playing like New Orleans or somebody. Mm-hmm. And Embiid had like 42 or something. Like a usual Embiid stat one, like 42 and 14. Uh-huh. And Terrell was talking about how good Embiid was. And I'm like, yeah, but he gave up like 28 to Hernan Gomez on the other end. Like, are we <laughs> not going to talk about this? Like, I feel like you have to bring it up. Yeah. So even though I do acknowledge that Embiid offensively should really dominate Towns because he's so much bigger. Mm-hmm. I think Towns a bad matchup for for Embiid because he's going to pull him away from the basket. Now foul trouble is a separate concern, and Towns might get into foul trouble in this game. But if Embiid's going to be pulled out from the paint because he has to guard Cat or at least keep an eye on him from the three point champion, mm-hmm. then I do think that'll create more openings in the lane. So I do question Philly's defense. I like Minnesota's team total over. Yeah, I agree with that one hundred percent. Anything else for this? It's not on national TV, is it? Uh, it should be, but it's not. Yeah, I think because ESPN has the Knicks and the Miami. Of course. Tonight. I mean, why would you not put the Knicks on TV? I yeah. mean, come on. <laughs> uh, anything else for this game, Scott, before we move on to the next one? Uh, not really. I-, I feel like the player, once again, that I keep in mind, who's really just the kind of the ultimate X factor, really, of any team in the league, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is Anthony Edwards. Yeah. And I don't know what the hell is happening with him, but I have to look. I know I just said about fading hard and defensively. I got to take Anthony Edwards point total under. I mean, this is ridiculous. You're looking at the last three games. He's put up nine, six, and five. What What is happening? Uh, yeah. 
He was a cash cow early in the season. I don't know what's going on with you. I mean, let's just look at the shooting numbers. Been He's one for 19 in his last two games. Yeah. From, from the floor. God, what is, is happening? So one. Yeah. Last night, 32 minutes, one of 11 from the field. Oh, of six. Went three he, of six from the line, too. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. So you Previous, mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned the point total. I'll stick with D'Angelo. But yeah. Anthony Edwards. I might blindly have to look at an under because if you're going to be priced in the twenties and you can't even break 10 right now, I got to take your under. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah. I don't see one listed for him right now. I'd see every other player on the Minnesota Timberwolves, but I do not see one for Anthony Edward Delo tonight is listed yeah. at 19 and a half. Uh, Carlton towns, 23 and a half. But I think that the note that you did point out, that makes a lot of sense that he may be in foul trouble tonight, trying to guard, um, uh, Joel Embiid, do you think they put Jared Vanderbilt on him? I think he has more length than Towns, no? They're going to try. Once again, it comes back to today's pick and roll yeah. where you switch everything. So I don't know how much matchups actually matter in today's NBA because, yeah. of course, you want your best defender on the best offensive guy, mm-hmm. but then you set five screens and suddenly you have your worst defensive player on the guy. That's kind of what the offense <laughs> is nowadays. But yeah. Edwards's point total in this game, if I had to guess – Probably 22 and a half or 23 and a half. Yeah, I was going to say around probably 21 and a half, 22 and a half for this game. But I'm not taking the over. Yeah, for a reason, I just don't see it listed right now. Uh, Let's move on to the next game here. Scott, we have the Dallas Mavericks headed into Utah to take on the Jazz, where the Utah Jazz opened up as a six-point home favorite here. That number has trickled down a little bit. I'm seeing some minus five and a halves here. Um for Utah here tonight, total open up at two fifteen and a half. That number is up to two sixteen and a half. Let's check the injury report for both of these teams. For the Dallas Mavericks, Reggie Bullock and Trey Burke are both questionable here tonight. Marquise Chris is doubtful. Tim Hardaway Jr. continues to be out. Um, for the Utah Jazz, pretty clean injury report. Only person, a role player that is out for them is Rudy Gay, who is doubtful with a non-COVID related illness. Start with the side here, Scott. Utah favored by, let's call it minus five and a half consensus, hosting the Dallas Mavericks. I hate this Utah team so much, man. (laughs) I I just hate this team because every time I try to back them, even though I know that they're frauds, they just can't even do me one solid. They can't even hold a double-digit lead against the Lakers with no Anthony Davis with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Like This is just such an overrated basketball team. And Dallas... I was a bit low on going into the season because I've seen the Jason Kidd experiment before. Mm -hmm. I got to give him props because defensively they've been fantastic. And I'm going with Dallas because they play good defense. They have the best player on the court. And Utah, I know at home, has a tendency to kill people. This year, not as much. It was really the last couple of years they were just world beaters at home. Mm -hmm. It might just be personal bias. But I don't trust Utah enough to lay five and a half. I'm taking Dallas. Yeah, I mean, the numbers agree with you as well as far as the spread. I mean, they're 13 and 18 as home favorites against the spread so far this season. And like you mentioned, Dallas has been really good defensively. I think that if they're going to win this game, it's going to have to be on the defensive end. They've won six out of the last seven games. Um, Only two of those games went over the total, and that was barely uh, in one game against the Clippers, went over by two points. But against the Pelicans, they – you know, put up a lot of points to put up 125 uh, with a team that's not great defensively. But 
for Utah, uh, I think the market has probably caught up on them as well as their home domination over the last couple of years. But this season, like we mentioned, it's, it hasn't been good. 13 and 18 as home favorites so far this season. Um, yeah, I, I haven't been much of a Utah Jazz backer this season. Dallas has been good to me over the last several weeks here. So I think I got to continue writing the defense of uh, their defensive ability of what they've been able to do. And again, like you mentioned, they have the best player on the f- on the floor here with Luka Dantage. Um, so yeah, I'll lean with the Dallas Mavericks in this game as well. Probably lean towards the under in this game. Um, not much there for me at 216 and a half, but I'll lean to the under. What about you? If the game goes over, Utah's covering, so yeah. I'm going to take the under. Anything else for this game, Scott, before we move on to the final two games of the night? Well, I just roasted Anthony Edwards for his recent performance. I got to roast Mike Connolly mm-hmm. because his point totals at 12 and a half with a little bit of juice to the under. I think he might be the main reason why I don't like this Utah team. I don't think Mike Connolly's very good anymore. And no. I, I've watched him play. Like I, I used to be a big Mike Connolly guy in Memphis. Yeah. I thought that he was a very solid player, always underrated. You're looking at his numbers with Utah in the month of February. He's shooting 33.3% from the floor and 30.2% from three. He's been a disaster. Yeah. And the last three games, eight points, two points, and six points. And he's playing about 25 minutes per game. 12 and a half for a point total. I got to take the under. I mean, he, he forgot to shoot. Yeah, he, he's been struggling, like you said, like, like Anthony Edwards. I mean, he did have 22 against Dallas in the last game, but I think that was just one of those fluky games where even a dog has a good night shooting the basketball. But, yeah, I mean, he, he is 6 to 12 from the field, 3 of 8 from three-point line, got to the free throw line eight times. But yeah. So what have you done for me lately thing? Exactly, yeah. And right. More I'm trying guys. to – because the thing is, I'm the kind of person when I lose a bet or when I misevaluate a team, mm-hmm. I like to just try to find out the reason why. Yeah. And I penciled it down to two things about two players who I really just don't think are very good on this team. One's Mike Conley. I gave that away. The other's Royce O'Neal. O'Neal's a role player. I don't think he's very good. And I feel like if you're relying on him late in games in your final five, yeah. you're screwed. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what Utah has been doing. Yeah. I'm not going to roast the role player as the reason why the team is awful, though. I don't think he helps or not awful, but underwhelming to me. I think it's just Conley. He's just yeah. not very good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the numbers are right there. Like you mentioned, the month of, especially over the last three games, it's been really two of nine, one of eight, three of 10. Hasn't gone over 30% in, let's see, in one game over the last five games. But yeah, I yeah. think you're onto something here with Mike Conley uh, on the under. You, you have any thoughts on Conley or whatever? Because Clarkson, we know, is a Chuck. Yeah, like he's the bench. He's the sixth man. That's what he's supposed to do. Like, yeah, Conley. I mean, he's 34 years old now. He's been he's been in and out of the lineup for this this Jazz team over the the duration of his or his the duration of the time he's been with the Utah Jazz. And I just don't think that they're getting what they expected from Mike Conley. Like you mentioned, with Memphis, 100% agree. He was great for them. I agree with that. But that hasn't translated to the Utah Jazz team. I think there has to be some type of move or moves, multiple moves made for this Utah Jazz team for them to kind of get over the hump of getting to the Western Conference Finals or even trying to get to the NBA Finals. I don't think Royce O'Neal is that guy. I don't think that Mike Conley is that guy. So it'll be interesting to see what type of moves are made um, in this on this Utah Jazz team going forward. But I agree with you about Mike Conley 100%. 
Um, let's get over to the next game of the night. We have the New Orleans Pelicans headed to Arizona to take on the Phoenix Suns, where the Suns have opened up as a six and a half point home favorite. That number is up to minus seven. Total opened up at 224 and a half. That number is up to 228 and a half. Starting to see some 229s pop up. Let's check the injury report for both of these teams. Uh, Phoenix Suns did play last night, so don't see one updated yet. For the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, Larry Nance Jr. is out, uh, and Kira Lewis Jr., who's been out for the season, is obviously not going to be playing this game, but everybody else is pretty much healthy for this Pelicans team. I'm expecting the Phoenix Suns to have the same guys out there as they did last night with the uh, Oklahoma. So, yeah, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Maybe they get campaign back here tonight, Scott, but let's start with the side here. Um, let's call it minus seven for the Phoenix Suns hosting the New Orleans Pelicans. This game just looks like the Toronto game all over again. I, I know that, of course, Phoenix played yesterday, but my main case for taking Toronto against Charlotte was head-to-head. Toronto's owned this team, mm-hmm. and head-to-head, Phoenix has owned this team because you're looking at the head-to-heads, and Phoenix has won each game by 12-plus points. Phoenix has won seven in a row. They're the best team in the league. Uh, whether Terrell wants to admit it, they won eight in a row, sorry. Whether Terrell wants to admit it or not, Monty Williams is winning coach of the year. So deal with it. No offense to Bickerstaff. But I have to look at the situation and acknowledge that I don't even know if rest matters for this Phoenix team. A couple of weeks ago, I called them a machine. And it's what they are. They kill people. I don't don't know what more you want me to say. They're the best team in the league. Game in, game out, rest, no rest, full moon, half moon, doesn't matter. Phoenix is killing everybody by 20. I'm taking Phoenix because New Orleans is a team that offensively is very talented. With McCollum, with Brandon Ingram, Valanchunas also gives them good minutes at center. But I don't know how many times I need to see Phoenix beat them by double digits in order to take them again favored by single digits. I'm going to take the Suns. Yeah, for the Suns last night, um, starters didn't, or there's only one starter that played significant minutes. So that was Devin Booker who played 38, but it was great last night. Yeah. And, and all the other starters to say Jay Crowder had 26 minutes, Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges played 31 and eight and played 30. So they had about five, four guys off the bench that played significant minutes. in I think in that, in a blowout game where they scored 76 points in that second half, but um, and again, with the, having the whole week off, not sure they're going to have tired legs only with one game under their belt. So everybody kind of wants this Phoenix Suns team to kind of fade, but I, I don't know how you can't. You, how can you bet against them right now? You, you just so can't. They're so good. Yeah. I mean, God, I, I don't know how many games I have to go back and how many games they won. It seems like they won 20 out of their last 21 games uh, so far this uh, over the last you know, 20 games here. But what has changed here against this Pelicans team? Yeah, you don't have Chris Paul, but th- I think they have more than enough to compensate at that that point guard position with Aaron Holiday. Maybe they get campaign back here tonight, but I don't think it's going to make a difference here. So there's only will... one way New Orleans can cover, and there's really only one way they can play right now. Yeah, which is the way that Charlotte plays. You give up 120, you hope to score 130. It's yeah. really the only way that they can play at this point. Yeah. Um, as far as the total here, Scott, I'm seeing it at 229. Give me Suns the, team total. Yeah, give me Suns team total. I think it goes over too. I don't this New Orleans Pelicans. You you mentioned this is that we want to see how bad this defense gets after the trade they made with uh the uh the Portland Trailblazers by getting CJ McCollum. 
I'm kind of going to want to go back and see how many overs have they've hit. Over That's why there. I said I hated the trade because I look at the defense and I'm just going, your team's not good enough. Like, I, I don't know what, unless I know Terrell is a theory that they're preparing for life without Zion. Uh-huh. So they wanted to at least have some foundation in place. Yeah. I don't buy that. I think they're trying to build a big three, whatever that means mm-hmm. at this point. So they just made the move. Yeah. I didn't think they would be improved at all. Because of the defense. And I said with Graham and with McCollum, they might be the worst defensive backcourt in the league. They might be even worse than I thought they were going to be. They are awful at defense since the trade. Yeah, I think the three out of the last four games have gone over the total. The only under was that Toronto game, like we mentioned, where Toronto just had a bad shooting night. They put up 120 in that game, but Toronto, if they had a slightly better shooting night, that would have gone over the total as well. So, and they're going over by a margin here, 243 against the Dallas Mavericks, 230 against uh, uh, the Memphis game, uh, San Antonio, 238. So this might be another game where we see an over coming to fruition uh, between these two teams. Anything else for this game here, Scott, tonight? Uh, player props or anything that you like? I'm tempted by Booker assists, which sounds crazy going into yesterday's game because I feel like everyone just thought Booker would go for 35. I did. I thought Booker would have a huge game if Phoenix was going to cover. Yeah. But – 12 assists for Booker, man. I feel like whatever the line is for his assists, mm-hmm. it has to be too low because you're going by historical trends and his assists per game average for his entire career. But you look at what he did yesterday. He was extremely selfless with the basketball. And I think that is definitely a great sign for Phoenix moving forward. And as for betters, if you're going to put Booker's assist number at seven and a half, and he just had 12 the night before. And I think Phoenix walks into 120 tonight. Yeah. I'm going to take the over and assist. Yeah. I'm currently seeing it listed at seven and a half for Devin Booker here tonight, as far as his, um, sorry, his assist points are for Devin Booker. It's probably right around that 25 and a half number. Let me see. I'm going to look at double, double odds. 26 and a half. Yeah. For Devin Booker's point and then double double quickly here. Plus two twenty five on draft. Yeah, not too bad. That's not bad. Yeah, I like that man. That's a great call. Um, I'm also looking at Cam Johnson three point shots made, but I just don't see it listed here. He, I know he was four of eight last night, but is he like the most underrated three and D guy in the league? He is such a good shooter, man. I, I just love watching him play. Um, even back to his days in North Carolina as a Tar Heel, but. I can't believe he was like the 13th pick in the draft, but Phoenix apparently yeah. knew something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's been pretty good for them. I mean, he's shooting the ball well, and he's played great defense. He had 21 points last night uh, for, for the Phoenix Suns. Mikael Bridges last night, 21 points as well. So, um, And again, six steals last night for Devin Booker, so maybe another thing to look at. Uh, this Pelicans team, again, probably prone, prone to turnovers. Uh, so probably be all over Devin Brooker props here tonight. All right, Scott, let's get to the last game of the night, the battle of the LA teams. We have the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, Lakers opened up as a one and a half point home favorite, quote unquote. Uh, that number stinks course at one and a half. Total opened up at 223 and a half. Um, that number is now down to around 222, 221 and a half. Check the injury report for both of these squads. For the Clippers, Norman Powell is out for this game. Uh, we know about Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard, obviously. For the Los Angeles Lakers, probably more important here. Um, Carmelo Anthony is supposed to be back for this game. He has listed probable. 
Avery Bradley is going to be out for this game, and LeBron James is lifted as questionable, but I'm sure he is going to go. But that is pretty and, much and it. Anthony Davis is out, obviously. Yeah, yeah obviously Anthony Davis. Um, he'll be out for I think what they said four, eight weeks or four to six weeks. It's going to be a month minimum. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. Whatever. All right, let's start with the side here, Scott. Minus one and a half for the Lakers. How are the Lakers favored in this game? I, I'm, I, I understand that the betting markets and the public keep waiting, thinking the Lakers can't be this bad. They're this bad. Like, accept it. You're more than two-thirds of the way through the season. Like, they're not very good at basketball. And you're looking at the head-to-heads. Yes, Anthony Davis was an in-and-out floater away from beating the Clippers the second time around. But the Clippers are 2-0. and Mm -hmm. And even for the last decade, really since Kobe retired, the Clippers have owned this team. They've dominated the head-to-head against Mm -hmm. the Lakers. I don't know why the Lakers are favored. I'm going to take the Clippers... Because even though I'm not blaming Vogel for as much of the Lakers' struggles as most people are, Ty Lue coaches circles around him every time they play. Yeah. I'm going to take the Clippers. Oh, man. Uh, With no Anthony Davis? I don't know how the Lakers are favored. Yeah, I mean, that game, last game, where even the Clippers won, uh, Anthony Davis Davis, torched him. Yeah, 30 points, 17 rebounds. Where does that production come from now? Um, it's not going to be Dwight Howard. It's not going to be Stanley Johnson. <sighs> Can you just try to explain to me how the Lakers are favored with no Anthony Davis when they're 0-2 against this team straight up? The LeBron James effect, I guess. We that's could what, that's say. the only thing it that's, is, and LeBron's questionable because, yeah. of course, his knee's still bothering him. He's going to play, obviously. But yeah, he'll play. Well, they didn't I mean, have, LeBron didn't play in the last game. Um, no, he did. He played against Utah. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about sorry, against the Clippers. Oh, Sorry. Yeah, he was out in that game. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm going to lean towards the Lakers here. At some point, like I'm going to be stupid with the market and the betters and think they're going to make some type of run here. Um, I'm not betting this game. I just want to see how the Lakers look without Anthony Davis and how they kind of respond the second half of the season. I'll lean with the Lakers, but definitely not uh, going to be playing this game. Probably just be a small money line play if I do bet it at one and a half, but not much there for me. Uh, thoughts on the total here, Terrell? Sorry, Terrell Scott at two twenty-two. It's very tough because the last game landed two twenty-one. Yeah, but you only had forty-five points in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. so you were on pace to cruise over, and then it didn't get there. I'm gonna go with the over. Anthony Davis, of course, we know that he's had a rocky year, but he's still very good. We also know at this stage in his career, he's not as mobile as he used to be. Mm-hmm. So he's not exactly great at running the floor up at this point. I'm not saying that Dwight Howard is, but I expect to see a bunch of LeBron center because we've seen that in the last couple of games leading up to the all-star break. Yeah. And if that's the case, I expect a bunch of pace. So I'm going to take the over. You expect to see a lot of LeBron center here. You should. I mean, right now the projected starter or center uh, is Dwight Howard, but we know he only plays like for exactly. the Andre Drummond treatment. He plays like yeah. 10 minutes. And then- yeah. And that's what I was going to say is that he's probably only going to play like 10, 15 minutes here tonight. So, why are they not going back with LeBron at the five? Like it was working for them. Why do you think they're not going back to that? Ed? If I had to guess, LeBron's knee, and they want to try to conserve him energy. But at this point in the season, I don't really Ball care. I, time. Yeah, I feel like you kind of have to put LeBron at the center because that's clearly your best lineup. Yeah. 
All right, so that is the last game of the night here, Scott. Let's dive into our lock and dog for this Friday night schedule. Uh, you want me to go first or you want to go first? Uh, whichever you want. Uh, I'll, I'll kick it to you. All right. I'm going to go for a player prop on this one okay. for the lock. I'm going back to the well. Dried up for a couple of months, and now we're back. Give me LeBron rebounds over eight and a half. Okay. You got no Anthony Davis. You're looking at what the Clippers have. You have Zubak, who we know, with LeBron at the five. I mean, good luck trying to use Zubak for more than 20 minutes in a game. But, of course, they got rid of Ibaka, so they don't really have much center depth. You got Hartenstein, Hartenstein, Hartenstein as your backup center, right. yep. which isn't exactly ideal. LeBron, in the one meeting that he actually played against the Clippers, had 11. Mm-hmm. But without Anthony Davis, eight and a half. Really? I'll take the over, expecting LeBron to play more center. Mm -hmm. I think that line's too low. Okay. Uh, For your dog, what do you got? For my dog, uh, do I want to do the damn same game and just take the Clippers? Um, I'm going to go Minnesota. Okay. It's a spot where if I was going on spread, I would probably go with OKC again, but I took them yesterday, so I'll take a day off. I just think that Philly's overvalued. And until I see... Harden and Embiid play together. I don't think they deserve to be favored on the road against a pretty underrated Minnesota team. Yeah. I'll take the Timberwolves. Yeah, I like that uh, Minnesota Timberwolves here tonight as well. Uh, Do you have any so, thoughts on the LeBron rebounding stuff? By the I way? like it because when um, – I'm sorry, when and Anthony Davis, Davis was, was out for that four to six weeks with that MCL sprain, the market hadn't adjusted to LeBron James points, rebounds, and assists, in particular his rebounds as well. So I love this call. Um, especially if we know that Dwight Howard's not going to be playing more than 10, 15 minutes in this game. So if you're going to be seeing LeBron at that five position, he's going to be, his points are going to be flying over and his rebounds are going to be flying over. So I love that call for the uh, over eight and a half for LeBron James here tonight. Um, For my lock and dog, let's see here for my lock. um, Hmm. hmm. I gotta go with the Miami Heat here tonight. I know it's gonna be the big public side here, but I just don't see a world where number one, the Knicks score more than a hundred and hundred points here tonight. One hundred and five points probably is their ceiling. Last matchup, they won by fourteen. Everybody's healthy for this Miami Heat team, and I think that's what's key for me here is that they've had guys in and out of the lineup with Bam, with Jimmy, with Kyle. Um, finally healthy Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. So they're all going to be out there. You know, they're going to want to put on a show. Terrell has said this multiple times that teams always want to show up in Madison Square Garden, no matter what time of day or what day it is. So give me the Miami Heat minus the five and a half here against the Knicks here tonight. Um, For my dog, um, let's see here. I know you're really tempted to fade Harden, but I might have stolen your thunder. On no, uh, we've had a couple of double dogs on the show, uh, and they came into fruition. They've been pretty good to us, or at least between me and uh, Zach. But I- I'm going to guess you're going to go with the thunder. I got to go with it. Like, there's no other option, right? Like, I- Pelicans, no. Maybe Dallas. Mm. Nah, let's go with the OKC Thunder here. Yeah. Let's go plus seven, plus 240 here tonight against the Pacers. I know they're on a back-to-back situation, but look, this Pacers, I'm sorry, this OKC Thunder team has been really good on the road so far. The season SGA is back as well. He had a great game last night. Um, again, it was against the best team in the entire league. They did their best, but 
the Phoenix Suns pulled away in that second half. This Pacers team should not be favored by this many points here tonight. Uh, so give me OKC Thunder plus a seven, plus 240 on the money line against this Pacers squad here tonight. So that is going to be our picks for this Friday night schedule. Scott, you got anything else you want to throw out there, uh, buddy, for this Friday night schedule? Uh, not really. Uh, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter. Uh, R-E-I-C-H-E-L radio. Besides that, I know we are doing a, I don't know if it's a bonus pod or not, whatever you want to call it on Sunday. So we will have something for the weekend, but as a whole, looking forward to a lot of action, just not even just for today before the weekend. Uh, In addition to this, of course, I still do the YouTube stuff and we have a bonus NASCAR show today. So stay tuned for that. If you're excited for the upcoming race and yeah, keep them busy. Yeah, 100%. Definitely busy times at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, a new NASCAR gambling podcast with Cody and Rod. Uh, check them out if you're into NASCAR. Uh, we will have a bonus um, kind of futures, I guess we can say, on Sunday. So look out to futures bonus pod. Look out for that between myself, Scott, and Terrell. Um, but yeah, a lot of stuff happening on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Head over to the website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. USFL stuff, guys, did an absolutely fantastic job of that coverage, having player interviews, instant reactions to all the stuff that happened there. Just so much happening. So just make sure to download the app SGPN on your Google Play Store or App Store. Um, You'll get all of our picks, all of our pods right there at your fingertips in the uh, application. So make sure to download that. With that being said, guys, uh, I will be on with Will shortly for the propcast here. Uh, for the Friday night schedule. So look out for that as well as this podcast with myself and Scott. Scott, thank you so much for joining me, man. We will be back on Sunday and back to Norman's schedule starting next week post-All-Star break. Thank you guys so much for joining us. With that being said, good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to get it.